Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and tolerating people, even when they're wrong on the internet, especially Twitter. Hmm. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller, picking up hats off the street, sometimes washing them, and always looking downright dashing in what I find. Yeah, I, um, I believe today, you. I believe you. Yeah, I have I have a rack full of hats right over here. About that are, hats. Uh, about half of them are found. Uh, a few of them are company swag, and I think uh, two I purchased. But uh, that's awesome. I, what I really miss is my. I have two that I had lost. One that said Beach Girl, and uh, I wore that the entire time I was in Florida that this summer. Great. It was amazing and the other one is an oracle cloud coach hat which i left at a <laughs> lunch and my friend who used to work for oracle cloud and thought it was the funniest thing in the world is going to bring back to me eventually but the uh, most ironic hat wearing ever also it is the funniest, kendall, you really miss those hats you're letting your things own you again kendall what did we talk about it's true it's true i am but but it's 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 like so Beach Girl was like a little piece oh, of me that, ideal. that got yeah. taken away, but uh, but otherwise, you know, I don't. I, it's at least I didn't pay anything for it. I'm sad to lose it because I'm never going to pay money to replace it. I was going to uh, say you could but, easily uh, just get another one, but that's just going nope. too far. That is going. You have to too find far. it. It has to come to you. But anyway, <laughs> what are we talking right. about today? Kendall? Well, so actually, relevant to the fact that I uh, pick up shitty hats off the street today, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> How people are in love with their shitty ways. And uh, I can tee that up in a few minutes. But first, um, tell me about the shitty ways that you're in love with, such as picking up your groceries from uh, the grocery <laughs> store and making ginger candy, because you were starting to tell me about that, and I made you wait so we could record. Oh, well, uh, yeah, because you were eating candy, and you were eating candy that was clearly inferior to this uh, ginger candy ginger that I made corn syrup that it was not uh, mm -hmm. made by me because I have very little access to the tarts that they make these sweet things out of. Um, <laughs> where does and, one uh, get the tarts? Uh, let's probably I, not talk about that. Um, I don't even know where the sweet tarts grow. What a sweet tart tree looks like. Go ahead. Indeed. Yep. But uh, yeah, so because uh, because I, I order my groceries either from the co-op or from Safeway, and pick them up because I am not going into a grocery store at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, the they had it advertised as like seventy nine cents for a, like a nub of ginger, a hand. Just they show like a little piece of ginger, like you normally get when you get raw ginger. I didn't realize that piece. the measure word was a hand. Until I didn't either, and now, uh, someone exciting. informed me of this, which I, for which I was super grateful. Um, but. Last There's a few time measure ordered, words in English, and so it's always yeah, exciting. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. One. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but uh, this, so I ordered two because I wanted to make uh, juke, which is a, a really delicious dish. Um, but I ended up I don't know what with, juke is. You have, Wait, you can't keep going. I don't know what juke what, is. What, I can't keep going? Okay. It I know what it juke. means when a football player jukes. Is that the same I thing? I have no idea what that is, so perhaps something okay, I'll well, learn something today. Keep going. Uh, juke is like a, it's a rice porridge i believe there's another oh. word for it in china but kanji is that yeah which, is it's it like kanji okay yeah and it has a lot of ginger and chicken usually in it and um and that's pretty much it mm. but in any case i bought some ginger i ordered two 
what I assumed was 79, it would be approximately 79 cents worth times two. And I ended up with two gigantic pieces, literally like a pound or more each. They look just like the regular little bits of ginger that you normally get, but they're like scaled up by five or 10 times. Anyway, that's why I made ginger candy because I ended up with a tremendous amount of this stuff. It's really not that exciting. Well, but so, but measuring well, things is hard. <laughs> well, a ginger is one of the, so I buy a lot of ginger. I buy ginger almost every week. I make a lot uh-huh. of ginger tea. Uh, both my daughter and myself bite pieces of ginger off and just eat it raw. Um, anytime Whoa. we have a, a stomach That's ailment intense. or anything of the sort, and she just loves it. So she just does it because we have ginger. Um, if I say I want one ginger because it mm-hmm. doesn't give hands or whatever or pounds right. in my order because I do pick up as well at the grocery store, um, I would say sometimes I get a pinky of ginger. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get a forefinger of ginger. Sometimes I get a thumb and a forefinger. Uh, it's rare for me to get a whole hand. I recognize that this is not how you use the measure word, but I'm using it as a, a, a way to describe <laughs> Damn the it, amount Daniel. of ginger that I'm getting. And uh, sometimes you get a like, you know, two LeBron James hands. Uh, That's kind of what happened here. He has enormous hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and it's wow. It's a sports reference that I understood. That's amazing. You. <laughs> If you don't know who LeBron James is, that's just like that's that's you're going out of your way to avoid pop culture at that point because uh, well you guilty, know, but okay. You be yeah okay. Anyways, well so um, tell me more about uh, measure words and uh, the measure word that may or may not be have been bothering you on Twitter this morning. Well, on the topic of people being wrong on the internet, uh, I started a fake fight on Twitter today or yesterday. I guess it was yesterday. What even is time? I say that a lot. Um, and uh the topic it's definitely not a way to measure things no definitely not 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 when it's like this uh (laughs) but the 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 question at hand is at hand is um oh but um tis a couple of hands a couple of hands (laughs) a couple is exactly two things two people two of whatever it is that you're talking about people may use a couple in different ways but they're wrong that's that's my opinion about it. So a today, is exactly two. So would you ever commit to having a couple of drinks or just a couple of cookies, and you would stop yourself at two? Because I think that there are times where you use the word offhand to mean more than two. I think that if I said, "Oh, I'll come for a couple of drinks," I'd almost certainly have two. If I had more, I'd be wrong. I'd be exceeding my stated number so, of drinks. But would you stop and say, I said I was coming for a couple, but it turns out I'm having three? Or would you feel like your statement in attendance beforehand was sufficient because you said you were having a couple and it didn't there it wasn't important enough to therefore correct? Rachel, how deep does this rabbit hole go? Uh, I do not think it's important enough to correct after the fact because it makes difference to absolutely nobody. This is why it's a fake, fake Twitter fight. But, but I would argue I said if, a couple, I intended to. But if you said, I will come for two drinks, then mm-hmm. if you had a third, I'd be like, whoa, Rachel, you did not yeah, say three th- drinks. Now we're talking about you. And not me. Oh, gosh. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I'm just going to, I I think. My response to you was uh, one, two, skip a couple, 99, 100 is still a very accurate statement in my well, opinion. We'll have to disagree on that. <laughs> All the way <laughs> so up to So what other 96. shitty things are you in love with, Kendall? 
Well, I am in love with my shitty way of not spending money on hats. And so I do like when uh, I find those for free. Um, I, I was, um, I did bring this topic up because I was having a conversation with um, a former coworker of mine who is expressing frustration that um, when you are going into a place, particularly to do digital transformation, technological transformation of some sort, digital transformation feels like a word that a consulting shop would use, but nobody would use yes. in like regular life. Hello, I need to digitally transform. Um, hmm. Maybe where, if where I was a Decepticon. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, the if if uh, if you're going in to do some kind of technological transformation, people are stuck in their old shitty ways. So it doesn't matter what the change in technology is; people get used to their old shitty ways. Let's take a really classic example. Um, some people. And by some, I mean many developers that are about to never listen to this podcast again. <laughs> oh, believe like they did in the first that, uh, <laughs> Believe that uh, Vim or VI uh, is the best editor out there. And Oh, um, no. It's Emacs. They're objectively wrong about that. Uh, are you an Emacs user? Are you a strong Emacs user? Okay. And do you still use Emacs for all the things? If you're going to sit down and write a blog post, do you use Emacs? Oh, that's, it's kind of embarrassing, but no, I use Notepad in Windows to write almost everything that I write. <laughs> well, you might be proving my point even further, which is to say <laughs> that uh, you're still in love with your very shitty ways in that situation. <laughs> my um, shitty ways work for me, but yes, you're right. That is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Notepad? Rachel, that is a, mm -hmm. there are, wow. Uh, I mean, I'm using a note-taking app that I've been using for probably 13 years, uh, and I'm sure there are newer, better versions. And in fact, when I was writing down some notes in preparation for this, it crashed and reloaded. But uh, it syncs and saves pretty, uh, you know, seamlessly. And so I, I only lost maybe half a sentence uh, of my prep work. But um, <laughs> my point being, um, people are in love with their shitty ways and choose it over other things. And I, I have a couple of examples about this. Like um, people will literally use PHP forever because that's what worked for them. Cough, mm -hmm. cough, Facebook, uh, Etsy, <laughs> right? I mean, like like there's places that still run on these like really ancient technologies or, or uh, you know, when somebody's moving from um, a data center to the cloud or, or I, I recognize I'm using a very like you're in my industry specific example here, yeah. but just lifting and shifting and putting everything on there and then continuing to develop in exactly the same way they always have. And, uh, uh, but it's, it's not always just technology, technology examples. That's what peaked this, but I'm also thinking of, and I think I've brought this up on the podcast before that, uh, men tend to keep the same haircut from when they perceived themselves to be the most successful in life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the work of their lives. So like they, they sort of rise to whatever they think their peak is and then just keep their hair that way. And, um, you know, I'm picturing the high, the, the kid who is popular in high school on the football team and uh, spends, you know, the rest of his life dressing the same way. And wearing um, way too much hair gel. Probably wearing way too yeah. much hair gel. Um, you know, reliving some of those old movements and, and bullying the few people in town who, you know, may or may not have been the few kids that stuck around or that kind of thing. Just like, this is my place in life and this is the only thing I know how to do and I will never adapt and change. Uh, and 
that's that's what I want to talk about today. So first I mean, of all, that's almost a trope, right? Like in um, in uh, comedies and and daytime movies and TV shows where the one of the one of the bad people or one of the stupid people is someone who never got out of his high school days, that kind of thing, right? Like that they that they have lost sure. track of what is what matters. They're living in the days where they were in charge. Well, so so then what I want to talk about is why do we get in love with our shitty ways? And how do we get out of our shitty ways? And then important mm-hmm. to you and I, as we get older, there's some point point where you sort of reach reach a peak and you might say you go over a proverbial hill and uh suddenly <laughs> what are you trying you, to say Kendall? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just throwing out there that this is a thing that seems to you know like it's there's 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 a time in your life where you're like 19 and you're looking at the 45 year old guy and like man that dude is frumpy and i am never going to look that bad in clothes well then your 19 year old clothes are cool and suddenly you're 45 and you're kind of like well i could change but all these youths are wearing skinny jeans and like i'm not gonna do that and, uh, are you are you commenting wear... on the fact that I'm wearing a Kiss shirt and I'm 51 <laughs> years old? Are you sure that's uh, Kiss? That's a joke. Um. <laughs> I've tried to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I get you. Like, there are some things that people should perhaps leave behind, and they don't leave behind. Kiss is not one of them, but Kiss is obviously not. Well, so so, but what's what are the things that like it? There's there is a fine line between it worked just fine for me everyone else should you know right like like we didn't need computers when we were kids uh paper and pen work just fine for me right i didn't i don't need telephones uh computers whatever like you know there's there's some amount mm-hmm. of i don't need to change my baggy pants i'm an old man nobody gives a shit what i look like anymore <laughs> you look uh, like a raver now uh, right yeah and, i was kind of like that also, about cell phones okay I was kind of like more. that about cell phones like that that everyone started having cell phones and being on them. And I resolved to not get one. This was, I don't even remember what year it was, but lots of people started having them and I didn't, and I didn't, and I was snobby about it to people who had their cell phones because God forbid that you, you know, pause for a moment and observe the, the beauty of life passing around you and sit silently without having to look at your phone. Um, and I still feel that way. Like when I go for a walk in the evening, I leave my phone behind. So obviously I did get a phone at some point, but the reason I got a phone is I realized I was asking my friends to use their phone to like, look something up or whatever (laughs) a little too much and decide, okay, fine. It's time for me to do it. So I did move out of my leaving my shitty ways behind kind of thing. But like what, what, what precipitated that? Is it, is it better for you in the end? I mean, I, I too, like, I got a uh, I got a cell phone at some point, and then um, when I went off to college, uh, like late in high school, I got a cell phone. People were getting cell phones, and uh, I know you can you can giggle at my youth. Um, and I then didn't say in, anything. <laughs> and then in, like, in um in college, I had a phone in my dormitory, and I decided I didn't like having a phone. I didn't like that people could get a hold of me anytime I wanted. Mm-hmm. I like walking slowly between places and having no idea you know what's going on in the world and so left it behind but then i would do the thing where i got home and i would call everybody i knew on their cell phones until i found one person was like is everybody with you okay wait there at least until i arrive because i have no way of knowing if they move 
Um, and uh, <laughs> which bar are you at? Yeah. Well, which which house are you? I mean, I was a college kid. I worked two jobs through college. I couldn't afford a bar. Mm. I, I mean, I wasn't drinking age when I graduated. So, so they, you know, oh. I, I went to people's houses uh, and uh, sat on couches and smoked a hookah made out of a paint can and PVC pipe that definitely was not raided to uh, have hot smoke <laughs> passing through This it. explains and, a uh, great deal. Probably yeah. is why I look the way that I do and have big googly eyes. Um, but I, like, like you know, what are the things that are worth leaving behind? And what are the things that like are shitty ways that, how, and how, how do you make that decision? I guess before we dive into all that, what are some shitty ways that you're stuck in besides your kiss shirt? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, I, well, we were kind of talking about, you know, whether we were going to talk about this uh, for this episode of the podcast. And one thing that occurred to me was uh, I have always preferred the waterfall method of software development. I mean, it's what I learned when I started. Heresy. And now this makes me think about, I know, right? This makes me think about DJing as well, but I'll talk about that later if there's time. Um, but I, you know, I live in a world now where for some time, for possibly even, you know, five years at this point, maybe longer, folks do development in an agile style or and they do continuous deployment and and so on. Continuous integration, continuous deployment. And little things change at a time. And, you know, part of the reason that I hate this process, even though I recognize it's the industry standard, and mm -hmm. the, a fair number of good things happen as a result of it. I come from a background where I'm a technical writer. And my goal is to provide a more holistic view into what a given product or service can do and what problems it can solve. Sure. And it is much more difficult to work on documentation that is effective when little things happen at a time and you have to keep up. And I understand that it causes documentation to be out of date more often, but that's hmm. an accepted loss because yep. so many positive things happen as a result of uh, agile methodologies and continuous uh, integration and deployment. So I get why it's good, but I also hate it, if that makes when, sense. When, so it's one thing on the documentation side, when you were doing technical content writing, uh, some of it was also marketing focused, right? External at times. Um, uh, not, not back really. then, but now is more the case. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, is, wouldn't that also be like, maybe not, how do I say this? Maybe it's easier to be constantly writing about like, oh, we have a new blog post because we have a new feature and this thing. And that, you know, you just turn every single thing into a new article. It, or does, a new, it does allow um, for more buzz. Yeah. I agree with that. Right. But at the same time, it, does it make it feel like, okay. Does it make it feel like you're iterating so slowly that none of it matters, right? Like I used to buy an iPhone every four years and now I'm on the Apple upgrade program. And the one thing I don't like about it is I'm never excited about a new iPhone. There's like, it's never exciting. I don't, I don't care about the launches. They ship me a new iPhone and I'm like, cool. Yeah. I think maybe the camera's better, but I can't tell. So is and this like, because it's not a decision you're making or is it something else? Well, no, my point is like, if the iteration is so small that it's hard uh. to notice. And so like, is that one of the other things is like, particularly if you're trying to write about it and create hype about it, like it's just one more small feature. Whereas if you did waterfall, you could talk about here's 579 new things the product does today. <laughs> and here's the top five and here's the 40 yeah. next ones you need to know about. I guess you're kind of right, but I, I've never thought about 
product releases that way. Uh, my my participation in, in marketing has not been that type of participation. I okay. uh, So I don't know. I mean, I think you may be right. Um, I, I guess you, there's, there's, there's good aspects in terms of marketing and amounts of things to talk about. Like you want to talk more frequently uh, than you want to talk like once every quarter about right. a major release. So I, I do think that uh, shipping things more frequently is good for marketing. But it yeah. also makes it more difficult. if you, Unless you have good product management, if you have good uh, runway planning, although it can't be too long because the world changes so fast that product management can't really come up with a, a, a plan that goes out more than a quarter or two at a time and really know that you're going to stick to it. Uh, and that's the world we live in. I, I, uh, I do think that it's better for keeping in touch with your customers, for... Uh, screaming into the void as marketing so often is to have more things to say more frequently rather than yeah. like one big thing to say. But in any case. Well, so I gave a talk at DevOps days in Denver pre-pandemic, I don't know, two years ago. When when was pre-pandemic? It was a while ago um, called You Should Waterfall Forever, uh, where I make a very <laughs> sarcastic argument that these DevOps people are full of shit. Um, so I'm curious, like you've been in this like uh, fast, iterative, agile, um, you know, continuous improvement world for a while. Do you like you, you might like Waterfall because it feels comfortable or there's things about it yeah. that you like. But but do you think it's objectively better or would you would you try to stay in waterfall world if you could, knowing the advantages of the other things at this point? Or is it just sort of like, oh, uh, you, you feel some nostalgia for it? Because those are two different things. Well, the reason that I like waterfall is that I'm a planner. I like to think longer term. I like to have an idea of what I'm going to do before I do it. Um, and all of those things apply themselves better to, okay, so in two months, we're going to ship this thing and it's going to be for this and it's going to contain all these features. Um, I have a better, I have, it is about my comfort and it's not about what's better for the users or, or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I do think that done well with good communication, this is <laughs> critical, good communication, uh, strong planning and, uh, and, and a variety of other things that often don't get uh, done during agile development. Um, you can offer more to the customer. You can change direction, pivot more effectively. Um, and you can make it easier to build systems that are manageable, right? That can be taken care of by the operations team or whoever's in charge of keeping the software up. Yeah. So, I think it's objectively better. I mean, there are other reasons, other things that have happened, like kind of the the destruction of the QA team, for example. If you ship a lot of smaller yeah. things, you're going to break, theoretically, uh, I don't know if this is actually objectively true, but theoretically, you'll break fewer things. It'll be easier to roll these things out and find out if something's going wrong. There's all kinds of methodologies you know, partial deployment of things to a certain subset of your users to get them to test yeah. it for you. Like Facebook and other companies are famous for doing that sort of thing. Yep. I think Twitter does this too. Damn it, Twitter. Um, so yeah. there, are, there are things that have changed that have resulted, I think, in overall lower quality software going out, but getting rapidly fixed, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. You well, know, yeah, I have you're no able to ship an MVP and, and then tweak it versus you know, ship yeah. a Windows uh, 7 or what was the what was the total disaster one before that? 
um, Windows. I'm not sure. Vivo, Vio, Via. I have no idea. But I miss um, P. I tell you what. Exp- uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, but like, <clears throat> I mean, I think what's interesting about that, in and to your point, is a lot of times when we're introduced to something new, we're not introduced to the best of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we are introduced to some shitty version of, it. I mean, I wonder how much that plays in uh, to, to, to completely shift directions. You know, how, how much does that play in politics today? Like um, you, the, you know, the, the older generations that hate the way that youths are doing things, how much of it Damn is just youths. the way it's, yeah. I mean, how much of it is just the way that it's communicated? Like uh, how much more would the world be, um, Mm. progressing in in a liberal sense if uh if we were better at our pr um you know i don't know like I, i'm not saying that's the issue i just i wonder about a lot of those different things um mm. i don't because... know if i have a strong opinion about that i mean i do think that in general uh the democrats are bad at communicating and at marketing but um you know there are many reasons why that might be yeah, and I don't think well, they're really related to the topic of the, of this podcast. Well, but but I'm but my argument is uh, if you get stuck in your old ways and you don't want to change, and part of the reason is because nobody is actually number one, nobody's actually pitched to you like the whole mm-hmm. the whole world's gone agile, but like waterfalls are working fine for us, so why should we change? And you've never heard a good argument for it, and then the first time you go do agile or you do continuous improvement, it's done so poorly. I mean, it can be done poorly. Any system oh, can be done you poorly, think? and. Yeah, especially I mean, agile. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it, it's, that's the default, it takes probably. A lot of discipline. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. This person's a scram master. Uh, instead <laughs> of a, you know, like whatever it is that's uh, that people so, just don't connect. So, to. like, if you think so, for example, you think that maybe if uh, uh, like higher taxes to support um, better retirement benefits for for folks if that were kind of more message that might make it better for more likely for for older people to be interested in higher taxes yeah i mean it might also be that that liberal ideas are are portrayed through newer media primarily where it's not mm-hmm. reaching people who are you know i, I don't know and then yeah, but also like, like i don't watch very many tiktoks right i don't uh i'm still on tumblr but i think that's unusual for a person who's 51 so i, I get that's it unusual like, for a person <laughs> lies <laughs> uh but i um, I, I think i can i kind of i'm living this i could i could access a lot more social media and outlets for information than i do yeah. and i think we talked a little bit about this last week last time we talked which was like we uh, i uh i don't have a lot of bandwidth to take on new people right we right. i think we had a brief conversation about that and i feel the same way about information um, so maybe that's part of it. I love being used as the example for old people. Thing. Thanks. I did this to myself. I promise. Um, that's but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so part of what I'm wrestling with though, with it is that there is, there are some senses where we need to change and constantly be changing. The world is like that, right? There yeah. are some senses yeah. where hanging on to some of the old things has value right? Uh, it'd be cool if some of us could still navigate with the stars and the ocean currents the way that some of you know, I people can navigate with were. the stars. Thank you very okay. much. Bullshit. I don't believe that for a second. No, I own a sextant. Really. I'll have cool. you know. That is super cool. <laughs> um, 
actually know what a sextant anyway. is, which I'm proud of. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like there's value in in maintaining some of that older knowledge, even though a compass becomes a thing or uh, you know GPS, right? Like uh, I do, I do worry about like what happens right. if my children are civilization dumped in a place is without? Collapse. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, because if... that's totally going to happen. If we have uh, an Armageddon of any kind, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't know where the sweet tart trees grow, but I will find them. Um, But um, you'll be so screwed. But so like an example that I think of two things, one at a, at a previous gig, there was a time where I had several people who got very upset with me about some of the things that I, some of the way that I lead and, oh, well, you know, people follow you instead of the vision we're trying to cast. And so if you leave the team, it's going to cave in. And that's, that's all your fault. You shouldn't have ever led that way. And like later in my career, I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't change that. Cause it turns out to be kind of an asset that people, you know, people follow people, right. Like to, uh, and, um, I'm sure there's people who specifically don't want to follow Kendall, but, uh, but there's, you know, it, it turns out to be an asset that I didn't change. And I kind of, you know, wrestled with at the time, like, is this a thing I should be worried about? But then at the same time, I'm thinking of a specific leader that I know who um, just fails on repeat. Like we're talking every 14 months uh, changes jobs. And, and the vast majority of the time that's getting fired. And this is like 15 years running. And there are, you know, Peter Principle. Is, is getting he bigger a white bigger, man? <laughs> a man that's not white, uh, but still um, moved up Spicy. the rankings, put in, put in roles that are, you know, big titles, and then steps into the next role, says all the right things. Everybody gets super pumped up. Man, this guy has incredible experience. He's been everywhere. He's seen everything. I have no idea how he continues to pitch all of his short tenures because, like, Seriously. It's not a little bit of a pattern, but still. And uh, and like this person is so stuck in their shitty ways that they're going to show up at the next place, do the same bullshit, get paid more for it, and get fired and move on to the next thing. And like, we, you know, what are the things that we're doing in life that we should be changing and, and should be iterating on? And what are the things in life that, you know, maybe that's kind of working for the guy. I don't know how much money he's making. Well, he's yeah, I was just going to say, than, why know, why would he change if this keeps happening? I blame the people who are hiring them. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, honestly. Oh yeah. Well, 100%. But I also just like, like this is a, this is a person who's in love with their shitty ways so much so that they literally get fired from their job every 14 months and have not changed. Like imagine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, like, would, like, I would expect them to think that, that, that those other people don't understand, right. That they're, that they're possibly a victim of that or, no, they couldn't understand. They couldn't deal with my, my mind blowing approach to leadership, or something. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, that person my, has completely my, talked my themselves into their own cult. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. That's interesting because I bet you're right that that's. But that's that's what I'm getting at a little bit is what are the things that like it is your own cult. If you're in love with your shitty ways, part of the reason you're in love with them is you kind of like them. And so, like, what are the things? And I, I just. I don't know. I just think it's a thing that I wrestle with when, when, when yeah. my former coworker says, you just can't believe how much people are in love with their shitty ways. Like I can't get them to change, even though the whole world has agreed that this new thing is better. And mm. how do we know when to say no, but Emacs still does X, Y, or Z and solves all the problems <laughs> for me. You could live uh, inside Emacs. Uh, you, I mean, I could see it, it's, it's two different things. Like, you know, I, you, you stick with your ways because you think they're better. You're arrogant. 
Yep. Uh, or you're lazy, you know, and you know, there's nothing terribly wrong with being lazy unless it impacts other people. Um, but there's certain but things yeah, in life you got to be lazy I think those are the two reasons about. people, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the, I think the two reasons people stick with their shitty ways is they actually think they're not shitty or they think they're special in some way and that doesn't apply to them. Or they're lazy and it's just too much work to change. Or a combination of the two. Or you just end up comfortable in it, which maybe is tied to the lazy That's thing. That's on but the I lazy think, side. But, but I, I mean, it's also interesting, like, okay, in technology where the average tenure is 18 months, right? And Really? Uh, well, I don't know. I heard that a couple of years ago. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but I, I, my guess is it's probably shorter than that right I now. Guess. Um, but if the average 10 years, 18 months and people are moving on all the time, this is a different world where, you know, and, and people get judged for you, but you were at the same job for 10 years. Right. And some of the yeah. fear is what if you're in love with your shitty ways and I hire you and you just can't flex and change because you only know how to operate in X environment. Um, yeah. you know, what if all yeah, you ever yeah. knew was IBM and you go to a small startup that's moving quick and changing and I, I think a lot of people have problems with that. Uh, yeah. I, I do think it's something worth being concerned about. It's something worth talking to that candidate about and saying, Hey, look, you know, we want, we would, if we hired you, we'd want you to be successful. And this is a thing we're concerned about. So, so yeah, just being, having your attention drawn to it might be enough. Yeah, except that, um, hmm, you know, how and how much do people just run away from idea from from situations instead of ever learn to endure because that's their shitty way or endure all the situations and never run away. I mean, yeah. that's that's another thing Not I see off a lot of people do. Yeah, well, or or just lack the so many shitty ways to, to talk about Kendall. This is a great so topic. Well, it's actually really depressing to me. The more I'm talking about it, the more I'm going down this like, wow, uh, the I'm world sorry. is broken and change is hard. Oh, I'm just wiping my eyes. I'm not welcome to my world. Um, huh. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing as I look at the constantly changing world of technology, there's always a new technology. And with that new technology, there's a new add-on. And with that new add-on, there's a new way to think. And then there's a whole new technology that makes all of that irrelevant and everybody's moved over it. Oh mm -hmm. my God, how come you're not out on the bleeding edge? And then the bleeding oh, edge changes. Oh, the wheel, changes. it keeps turning. And yeah, well, and like who stays on top of it? How long do they stay on top of it? I, what, what I will be interested in is, uh, you know, I have one specific person in mind who uh, went and started a... Gosh, how do I, how vaguely can I talk about this without giving away the person? <laughs> um, new technology comes out, everybody jumps on board to that technology, but there's a bleeding edge technology that's kind of out in front of that. This person jumps into that, starts a company based around it, becomes very well known in that space. Uh, but then that's going to be their jam. Like their identity was that bleeding edge technology. And now it's been mm -hmm. six years. And that is not bleeding edge technology anymore. Mm -hmm. And like part of their, the reason they got their identity was like, oh, these idiots who, you know, stuck with the last wave and didn't see which way the wind was blowing. And do they have any clue which way the wind's going to blow next? And, you know, the tech profit yeah, or yeah. whatever that can stay on top of where things are going is so rare. Um, that is you know. the way the world works. That doesn't mean it's good. So what are the things though that you want to get stuck in in your shitty ways? Like what are the things, whether, whether they're shitty or not, what are the ways you want to get stuck in even if they become shitty? Is there anything that's obvious to you like that Ooh. besides waterfall? Or uh, the fact that a couple is exactly two. Um, <laughs> hmm. 
a couple I don't know. exactly too. It's I don't, I don't know, know what I'm, I'm gonna get stuck in until I'm stuck in it, you know? And probably you have to be stuck in it for a while before you have any awareness around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean these it's it's not like everyone moves on at the same time. Uh yeah. you know, people started their digital transformations, they they transformed their ops teams or whatever. People are still paying consultants a lot of money to do that. And it's been going on for, you know, a decade or more now. Well, Moving so, into the cloud, for example. So give me a specific about, like, you were, how long were you at Splunk? You were there a long time. I was there for nine years. Nine years is a long time. How long does somebody time. after nine years, who is now at this point, pretty darn embedded in the thing, so much so that it's been a few years since you left Splunk and there is still paraphernalia literally directly behind you in the cameras. Well, there's a um, reason for that, but okay. Okay, uh, but like how yeah. did you eventually decide to move on? Well, the truth is I didn't decide to move on. I had hoped for a part-time role at Splunk and they uh, they sold my department out from under me when I was on personal leave and then took the job away. So. That isn't why I left Splunk, but I'm really glad it happened. Yeah. Um, because, because you were stuck in it? Yeah, all, definitely. I mean, it was very comfortable um, for me. And I, I had one of the reasons that I it was okay for me to be there so long and not get incredibly bored is that I started, a, I started the tech writing department there. And then five years later, I started the community team, which was a, kind of a pivot for me. And I'd not done anything like that prior. Sure. But I had been a you know tech writer and manager of tech writing teams for a long time prior to working at Splunk. So, uh, so I got to change my job in the middle of it and kind of be part of launching an entirely new practice because people didn't manage communities and think about them in strategic ways or, you know, leverage them in a significant way other than trying to get them to talk about the product and say nice things. Right. Uh, and I got to be part of the kind of the growth of. The, the birth of that kind of job, which was really cool. But um, I uh, I am glad that I had that job taken away because it caused me to think more about what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, and this is precisely the kind of thing you're talking about. Like I wouldn't have quit on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would have stayed in that and I possibly would have missed out on the opportunities that I've been part of since then. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think so. So along these lines, uh, part of one of the topics that I'm thinking of um, last night, I had a long discussion with my wife who, you know, we both grew up in a very specific evangelical context, uh, mm -hmm. some of which we're thankful for, some of which we just can't believe the <laughs> bullshit and how long we were deeply steeped in it. And, um, you know, we've we've had a religion episode where we've talked about some of this. But, yeah, yeah, uh, y'all should check that out. It was a good episode. And someone else episode. is on it, too. It's not just yes, us that's talking. Right. And um, I mean, I think one of the interesting things about it was um, I, I'm listening to a podcast right now from two people who are talking about uh, their their upbringing. And it's a very similar thing. And, and you know, there's some amount of for me, it's almost just funny because I have been so unable to see it objectively from a third uh, perspective. So hearing two people who've come out of it and are talking about it and joking about the things that were ridiculous about it makes me go, oh my gosh, I was the same. I had no idea. That is total bullshit. I literally never thought about it in life. 
And, and you know, when you're when you're 16 and somebody's telling you this is the way the world is, you don't have a whole lot of ability to be objective and be like, maybe that's wrong, right? Um, and uh, uh, but then you know, I, and I worked for a religious organization for a long, long time. And when I came out of it, looking back on it, there was a lot of how did I survive that that long, and why didn't I get out sooner? And I spend a lot of time even now thinking, what are the you know like. I like what I do. I've said this before. I'm probably not going anywhere. I'm in, but there's going to be things that I look back on even at this time. And I'm going to be like, you fucking idiot. Why didn't you see <laughs> X or Y? You know, I have no idea what those things are. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure that I can know, but I spend a lot of time right now thinking like, what are the things that I'm incapable of seeing objectively? Like what, what am I missing out on? Because I don't, go try this or that, or, or I don't uh, implement this new thing or, or go uh, experiment with this new role or, or even pursue, you know, this kind of thing inside of what I would so, currently have. To make sure I understand, you're talking about your current role and, you know, you're wondering about uh, things you might be missing out on now. You're not still thinking about, I mean, I can understand why a religious organization that has a lot of overhead that isn't really necessarily present in the job that you have now, right? There's a lot of, uh, a I mean, lot of bullshit um, in every organization. personal stuff. Well, yes, there's definitely bullshit in every organization, but I think the level of bullshit in a sure. worldwide evangelical undertaking is probably higher, but harder to resist if you're, invested in that particular thing it's much more personal yeah but in I any mean, case you're talking about now right you're talking well, so, about so so i did i did pivot between those two things so i look back on first of all on that organization and there's a lot there's a lot that i'm thankful for there's a lot that i'm proud of in fact you know even in processing this with my wife last night i'm like hey i I treated this kind of person different than the organization did because I just wanted to treat them as human. And I'm proud of that. Like I'm proud of the things that I did that were countercultural within the organization. And I didn't know any better. Like, it's not like I was like, Oh, these fuckers are idiots and I'm going to do the right thing. That's not what it was. It was just like the, the way that I interacted was different in a lot of ways of things that I'm proud of. But there's also a, a lot of things that even at the time I pushed back against, but as soon as I left, I was like, wow, even though I was pushing back against it, how, how did I survive it that long? And so I'm saying, you know, mm -hmm. in, in 2020, uh, what, what do they say, vision, look, looking back, rear vision, back vision, looking back, hindsight, there's the word. Uh, <laughs> I speak this England okay. very well. Um, yeah, a couple is uh, two, Kendall. A two. couple is two. Anyway. So, so, you know, in the hindsight <laughs> of 2020 world, uh, I, I do spend a lot of time thinking about what am I going to look back on this with hindsight and wonder about? And that's not, um, some of that's going to be like, yeah, what did I miss out on by not jumping ship earlier? I'm sure that I will think about that sometimes. But there's also like, what, what could I have done in that role that, what am I so stuck in my shitty ways right now that I don't even mm -hmm. know I'm stuck in my shitty ways? And uh, yeah. obviously, I don't think they're shitty right now, or I do something different. But no, you would change. Although I'm sure there are plenty of things that you do that you know are are not the greatest, but you do them anyway because they're not that important. Nope, I show up every day and I give 150 percent and I kick <laughs> everything and I you fail at lying. nothing. And it's yeah, I'm sure that I, I'm sure that you're right that there's a lot of things I could do better. Well, um, we should we should we should wrap up for for time's sake. I am going to put you on the spot and ask for a recommendation. A recommendation. Anything. Um, Does it have to be something you? I read? am watching a terrible show right now. Well, actually, let me think. 
do you know I'm totally into sewing at the yes. moment? I'm continuing to make a lot of cool things. And I just discovered um, and had my hus- husband steal for me on the internet because we couldn't find it anywhere. The Great British Sewing Bee. So if you're a fan of the Great British Baking Show and you have access to the high seas of piracy on the internet, you might be able to find this show. Um, it's been totally fun. It's it's way lower budget uh, than the, the Great, Great British Baking Show, but British it's, it's cool. Sewing show? Sewing bee. Sewing bee. Sewing bee. So it's the same thing. They put people in and, uh, and they say, make a dress, you have an hour. And then, they, exactly. then, then Gordon Ramsay stays over them and says, how dare you him like that? Yeah. Exactly. There's a, actually, I really like the uh, uh, Tim Gunn of this show. He's very cool. And the, um, there's a, uh, his co-host, who is also a judge, is also extremely cool. So I, I, I started season two and I was excited to start season two because I wanted to see what they changed from season one, which was, you know, the first time they'd done this. So all sorts of things were kind of rough, but that was a fun, it's a fun show. I, I recommend it. Uh, not, not super high stakes, of course. Uh, and then this terrible show that I'm watching is called The Alienist, that, which is, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a period <laughs> drama. It's yeah. kind of fun. It's a little grody. Like there's a there's gore. So if you're not into that, I wouldn't watch it. But um, but yeah, it's keeping me occupied at the moment. Okay. And you, Kendall, what do you well, recommend? Um, gosh, I recommend getting on your bike and and riding like you have fears you're trying to flee. But uh, since not everybody is that not will do actually that, what's happening? Um, well, that's totally <laughs> what's happening. But eventually, you you reach a point where you have delusions of grandeur, and you're like, I don't need to run from anything. I'm amazing because you get enough endorphins. It's it's the best. Um, but anyways. Um, <laughs> Not I'm like going to, window. in the media world, suggest um, fail videos, specifically Mr. Mr. Mike on uh, YouTube. Um, but uh, you will learn a lot of things that you just don't, shouldn't do, you shouldn't be doing. And uh, it's it's good to watch fail videos and learn from those things. So, Do you actually learn from them, though? Uh, I learn a lot of like when my children are doing this thing to say, hey, that's how a lot of people break an arm. So it teaches me really bad dad habits, probably. Great no, parenting. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> that I am not learning anything good, but I am giggling at the expense of people who, thankfully, if something really terrible happens, they'll post a like, the driver was okay, or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, good. But, to make uh, you feel better about things. You don't want to be watching people, like, literally dying or ruining their lives in some mm-hmm. way. You want to watch somebody fall off a crate and hurt themselves because... They and they're fine. They're, they're fine. They're it's okay, everybody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for talking, Rachel. Uh, we'll wrap Thank up you. here and uh, talk to you.